time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 288 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, Brian, as always, great to see you. How the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. This is um, uh, a great time to be alive. Um, The Northeast um, of the United States has um, been struck by uh, frigid temperatures over the past um, week. It is, um, I don't know how many times you have left the house, Ron, but it is bundle up, wear your heaviest jacket, scarf, hat, mittens, earmuffs, snow boots you know it is um second layer thermal underwear Um, so it's been cold it has been a cold cold week um new york getting um its first uh significant snowfall of more than an inch um in over two years so it's been uh it's been a rocky week um but i'm 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 so glad that i can wrap up that week talking to you for the next hour well, it's been, it was cold. Uh, we had what we have five or six inches here on the outskirts yeah. of Philadelphia. Um, then it just froze over, but yeah, so headed up a, a few times this weekend, but to mm-hmm. your point had to, had to warm up the car, had to wear the appropriate, uh, jackets, gloves, scarves, hats, you know, but yeah. apparently it's going to be like 50 or 60 by midweek again. So all this snow should be gone by next weekend, which is fine. The it's refill fine. the reservoirs, you know, get get the it's good for the crops. It's good for the farmers, Brian. It's it's always good. You know what? It just makes us feel better. It does. I feel like we're contributing in some small way to the agricultural boon uh, in the United States. Well, I think what's a very important, and I know that the people in suburban um, Philadelphia, especially the building departments, um, they're going to be looking at um, rainwater runoff coming from certain homes that are doing a lot of um, backyard renovations. Of course. Um, to of make course. sure that any, um, you know, uh, water running off that property is not adversely affecting um, the neighbors and the neighborhood. It would be such a shame if somebody were to call the building department <laughs> of Montgomery County to let them know that there was a house that was doing some renovations in the backyard with now affected um adversely the um the water runoff brian you ignorant slut uh just to kind of educate you a little bit because i know you're a first-time homeowner i get you sit up in your lofty ivory tower there on the hudson river waterfront uh but first um you would call the township uh not the county because that's who enforces uh codes uh these days and uh, we actually have uh, at this point less impervious space than we did before because of the the backyard that was demoed and not finished yet so uh, we actually have less runoff now i enjoyed calling you an ignorant slut maybe more than i should have listen i and you know what the worst part is or, or i mean it depends how, which, which you angle you're gonna look at it I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. All right. Well, then uh, let's let's get into things. It's time for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. 
Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Uh, Brian, what are you drinking this week? This week, Ron, you know, last couple of weeks we have gone overseas and um, uh, had some beverages that I brought in across the pond from the good old United Kingdom. This week, I look to a Northeast um, staple of my beer uh, loving. Um, We go back to Sam Adams. This week, Ron, we are drinking Sam Adams cold IPA, crisp and hoppy. You're going to sit there and say, Brian, what does that look like? And I'm going to show you this lovely, lovely beer. Very clear. So clear. You think it's going to be light, Ron? Let me tell you about it. This beer is crisp, hoppy, and golden colored. It's an IPA with a 6% ABV. It's got a light body, high carbonation, and a moderate bitterness. Some say the cold IPA has a hoppy, lager-like taste with a grassy, hoppy notes and malts. Others say it has an inviting smell with aromas of perfumey hops, bready malt, and ripe fruit. Cold IPA is different from any other IPA because it's not just a rebranded West Coast IPA, which has more body and higher finishing gravity. It's also different from Brute IPA because it's not quite that dry, doesn't require additional enzymes to achieve its final gravity. Coming in at a score of 82 from our good friends over at Beer Advocate, this is Sam Adams, Cold IPA. All right. Take a sip. Is, is it a cold? It's not the cold snap. It's cold nope. IPA. Interesting. This is cold IPA. And I'm going to say this. This is my favorite IPA I've ever had. There, wow. there's, it doesn't taste like an IPA. It tastes that like a That is high beer. praise from you. You are, you are a man who is a, a connoisseur of IPAs, yeah. if you will. I hate IPAs. You know I hate IPAs. I'm <laughs> done with them. I'm done with them. I went through my phase where I pretended I liked them. Secretly, right. I was hating them, but I knew it was just like, you know, what I was supposed to be drinking. And it was like the cool thing in the beverage world. You know, there were like beer snobs who were going to look at. Yeah, exactly. Let's call it a weak example. IPA. Yeah. Well, William Esquire calling it a weak IPA. And that is why I like it. Ron, my friend, my lover. Allie put up a a roll of toilet paper. I assume that means she wouldn't wipe her butt with that IPA. It's so weak. You know, coming at me hard, really. You know, we're not even seven minutes into the the show. And Allie is already coming at me. Really hurtful. Really hurtful. Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes, my friend. What are you drinking? Uh, So this week, Brian, this week is a tribute. Uh, a tribute to Philadelphia's own Sharice uh, McGill, founder of French Toast Beist and local artisan foods, uh, passing away on Monday at the way too young age of 42. Uh, she was an entrepreneur, a community leader, teacher and mentor to many people in the local food industry. Uh, this is a, a beer that I actually brought on the show before, but she partnered uh, with uh, Yards Brewing Company out of Philadelphia to bring us the French Toast Bites Ale. Um, this is uh, made with cinnamon, brown sugar, and vanilla, clocking in at 5.5%. Uh, so right on the crushable edge. Look at that body. Nice color, just like a, a piece of French toast. So to you, Cherise. And, and how it's is still it? good. It's got it's got a sweetness. It's definitely it's one of those beers that I don't think you could sit and drink a number of, but it's it's a mm-hmm. nice like dessert beer. It's a nice beer if you're only going to have one. Uh, a nice mm-hmm. sweetness, and uh, you get that little kick of the cinnamon right at the end. 
So uh, a very, uh, very fitting legacy with that beer. Mm. And you're, what are you, what are you sipping? What, uh, what, uh, what's your whiskey this week? You may be familiar with this one. I always just took a sip of a um, Jameson Irish whiskey, 18 year um, that I received by some very good friends uh, during a time of need this week. I decided I was going to go with something smooth and uh, hitting up the Jameson 18 year. It's good. All right. Very good. Coming up, coming up next, it's time to air out our beef of the week. Brian, what's yes. bothering you this week? Ooh, this week, something that is bothering me. Um, as many uh, friends of the show are aware, uh, last year in 2023, I purchased um, with my um, life partner, um, the love of my life, the woman mm -hmm. who's probably eavesdropping on the other end of this door. Uh, I bought a condo here in West New York, right on the water. Um, right there. It's just just a beautiful view. And one of the things that I was uh, fortunate about when I moved in is that the property to the south of me on the water was completely leveled. There was they, there was a building there. They um, they took it down. They demolished it. And at some point they were going to be building another building. But since I moved in in the beginning of August, sitting in my living room on my couch, if I turn my head 45 degrees, I have an uninterrupted view from Midtown Manhattan all the way down through Lower Manhattan uh, as far as the Verrazano Bridge, which connects South Brooklyn to the hated borough of Staten Island. It's been amazing. It's been wonderful. Right. This past week, as, um, as I knew the day was going to come, they started construction work on the property to the south of me. My glorious view it will, will soon be lost as concrete, wood, steel is going to start rising. We have no idea how close that building will be to my window. We have no idea how tall that building will be, but it is... Um, I am losing uh, something that has been very near and dear for the past couple months, which is the view uh, that I have from from my home. And now, that, if I remember, <clears throat> yes, if I remember very shortly after you moved in, um, you were very vocal about um, stopping some uh, affordable housing that was being built near you. Uh, I even remembered uh, you chaining yourself to a bulldozer at one point. Is this that construction that you attempted to hold up, or is this a different project? Yes. Um, this one backfired. Um, it was a, um, it was a, uh, uh, originally a going to be a building that had, um, 45% affordable housing. Frankly, I don't want those people in my neighborhood. You know, I feel like if you can, if you can afford to live in this neighborhood, you know, that's, that's the kind of people that I want to, um, attract here in lovely West New York. Unfortunately, um, I was not able to stop the construction. However, I was able to win um, from my local township. Um, they were able to throw out and toss aside the affordable housing. So the um, condos that they're going to be building next door to me are going to all be market rate. And um, if you want to put eight, nine hundred thousand dollars down on an apartment, maybe a million, depending on, you know, um, the, you know, once they find out I live next door. 
it's Correct. going to, um, you know, I, the, the property value is going to go up. Right. As Janelle says, uh, Brian only wants bougie white people in his neighborhood. Um, I mean, I think you would allow um, some light-skinned bougie people of other ethnicities in your neighborhood as well. I welcome bougie people of all ethnicities. Um, Janelle, frankly, I'm disappointed in you in thinking that um, uh, I only desire white people to be living near me. That is absolutely not true. Um, if you can afford to live here, those are the people that I want. If you cannot afford it, um, you know, those are the people that um, need to be gone. Wow. You know, sometimes I open my mouth and just the, the comments come flooding in. Queens trash living in Jersey. Jesus, you know, that's just, that's just rude. That's just plain <laughs> rude. Wow. Wow. And that coming from a man who lives in South Jersey, that's what makes that comment so hurtful. That's what really, that's, it, it cuts deep. I South Jersey calling me trash. Wow. Ron. <laughs> yes. What is your beef of the week? Uh, so my my beef of the week, Brian. We talked about um, the uh, the weather uh, over this uh, this past weekend, and and as you mentioned, it was uh, the first time in over two years that uh, either of our cities has gotten more than an inch of snow. Sure. Um, and so I, I don't know about in your neck of the woods, but people on uh, the local Facebook pages here kind of lost their minds about it because you know people would shovel. And you couldn't get rock salt like anywhere to like salt down your uh, your sidewalk. So there was a number of sidewalks freezing, and and the 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 people on the Facebook pages that would literally take photos of their neighbors' homes and be like, "Look at this person! They didn't salt, and I slipped on their sidewalk." And like, and this old guy was just like railing against this. And so so many people like were like, "Why'd you put this photo up?" So we took the photo down and instead took a picture of Google Earth from the same house and being like, well, I'm not really focusing on the house now. I'm just focusing on the intersection. But these are the people that did it rock salt. Wow. And then the township puts out a pretty you know, simple message to people when we're going to have this amount of snow. Like if you have driveways, please park your cars in the driveways and not on the streets so that we can plow your streets. Sure. But what, but what people around here do, Brian, instead, they move their cars out of their driveways and park them in the streets. So it's easier for them to then clean out their driveway after snow is done. But then the plows can't get down the streets. And yeah. then these same people complain on the neighborhood pages. Oh, I was in Philly. The streets were fine. Why are our streets not plowed? Well, because there's cars everywhere on the streets and the plows can't get between two cars parked across the street. It was crazy, Brian. Just absolutely crazy. And well, here's the real question. What did you do? Did you, um, if you said you couldn't find any rock salt, so what, um, did you, were no, no, you no. able to salt the rest your- of the people couldn't find rock salt, Brian. Some of us who grew up in upstate New York know to hold on to rock salt. So I had rock uh, salt. I was the only, I was, I was telling, uh, and my neighbor was like, wow, you're very thorough when you uh, shovel. It's because my mother would beat me if we didn't shovel our walk correctly. <laughs> understood. Understood. Which, and we parked which makes our a driveway. lot of sense. We parked we parked both cars in our driveway. Yeah, we we did. We we. I'm a rule follower, Brian. You know that about me. Which that's what makes you a great 49% um, owner of this podcast is that you follow the rules that I set as the champion. You're champion for now. <laughs> 
We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. We're just a couple of weeks away, Brian. I don't know about you. I'm very excited um, about the championship debate that's going to be coming up sure. uh, on uh, on uh, February 4th. I believe the date is. Um, yep. More a lot of football this week. Right here. Did you watch? Did you watch any of the football, Brian, over the weekend? I watched quite a bit of the football. I watched both games yesterday. I watched some of the early game um, that took place on Sunday. The the Oh, uh, Detroit Lions with the win. Um, I thought the 49er victory over the Packers was weak. Um, it was it was it was a good game, but definitely not the dominating uh, Niners performance we've seen. Sure. So far this season. Sure. And you know, what? I mean, it, it almost made me uh, made my beef of the week. But uh, is, is people who announce, you know, who they want on a football game. And then after the game happens, sit there and say, um, oh, yeah, well, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, picking them with the line or the spread. I was just picking them to win the game, you know, as if uh, that makes a difference. Depends on if you're playing the money line or not. And at halftime, uh, Buffalo is up on Kansas City, 17-13. I don't know if you saw the clip, Brian. Um Philly national treasure Jason Kelsey uh, was out with the Bills Mafia doing shots uh, during the tailgating prior to the game. Sure, because I mean, from what we all we all saw, he retired um, this week after uh, the, the. What do you mean? I don't know. Well, because he said on his podcast that uh, he's he has not made any official decision as of yet. He said, "Well, he's retiring." Week, He's probably, he's probably we know he's retiring because we know Philly quits. We know that Philly is <laughs> Philly. They, you know they lose heart when things don't go their way, and then they quit. It's the Philly way. Speaking of quitters, uh, earlier today, Ron DeSantis uh, announcing that he was dropping out of the 2024 uh, presidential race. Uh, not only can he wear a high heeled boot, Brian, he can he can lick that boot. Because after he dropped out of the race, he put his full support uh, behind Donald Trump. Um, after saying, after his slogan literally was what, never back down or never, sure, never sure. drop out or something. Sure. And then just a couple of weeks ago, talking about chastising other uh, GOP people who had dropped out of the race and supported Donald Trump, saying, oh, you know, Donald Trump will talk trash about you and then you'll turn around and support him. And then literally weeks later, he did the same thing. Sure. And that's exactly what he's going to do. It is very clear um, that Donald Trump has a stranglehold on the Republican Party. Whatever whatever you can pretend was the Republican Party at any point, you now need to acknowledge that um, Donald Trump is the uh, it literally is the only source of popularity amongst the Republicans. Um, if he does not bless you as a candidate, you are, in effect, going to be voted out. Um and uh, it's it's certainly going to be a very interesting presidential campaign. You've got a candidate who is, I believe, uh, you know, um, facing four different trials this year um, for uh, a variety of different reasons. Um, and at this, and, and he literally, and in my opinion, he's the favorite to uh, win the presidency. Right. We have okay. never had anything like this before. Not only facing trials, but in that E. Jean Carroll trial. We're just in the in the penalty phase of that now. So he loses his he loses the initial trial where he gets found he, he gets found guilty of sexually uh, uh, abusing her, and so then 
because of the verdict, he trash talks her. So then he, he she get he sues she sues him for defamation, and every single time he gets worse and worse, so she can sue him more. Like it's sure. I can't even imagine what what kind of shit show the rest of these trials are going to be. Well, the thing is, you've got a guy who's going to who who has this amazing an amazing talent. And, and, you know, whether you whether you are a whether you are on the right, on the left, on the political spectrum, whatever, you have an amazing talent this man has to write the narrative of what's going on. Um, you know, if he you know, if he loses um, in court, he literally can just immediately spin it to his followers and say, this is evidence that I'm being persecuted. You know, right. no other. They're they're going after me because I was president and because I want to drain the swamp and because I'm representing you. And the people will immediately believe it. Like you've got a Republican Party that you know prides itself on taking the high road. Here you have a candidate that was found guilty in civil court of raping a woman, and his 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 defense was, "I would never rape that woman. She's not my type." Right. And literally, they look the other way. To continue to support, there there is no Republican Party anymore. No, it's 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 insane um, how this how this continues. No, no other no other candidate has been able to do this. Um, what I what what's amazing to me and what doesn't I think get talked about enough is, you know, if you remember in the eighties in New York, how Fred Trump and Donald Trump um, were sued by the Justice Department in sure. 1973 for racial discrimination at their housing developments in New York. Sure. Think about this country in 1973 and think about how bad you needed to be for the government to actually call you out yeah. on your racism. Yeah. 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 It was um, wild. It's, it's just a wild time. His father was a known racist, like not in the sense of like, ooh, the scandalous. Like it, it would not didn't go to, to any effect to hide it, um, which is just uh, listen, amazing times. We are going to have a lot to talk about over the next year. All right, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very long ten months. Uh, speaking of, of current events, Brian, you said you wanted to to test my knowledge of most recent current events, and you had a quiz you wanted to give me uh, to see how well I, I did. did. All right. Well, you know, I'm not I, I don't have it lined up yet. So I, I'm very surprised that you would just call this out of nowhere. Listen, I, I it's, it's Why would you on do the this list to me. It's on the list to uh, to talk about this evening. So I don't know why exactly. Um, well, we can we can promote real. No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. What, listen, we, we have we, we, we do a script. We okay. talk about what we're going to do in the order that we do. I don't know why you're not following the script here. My apologies. All right. So this is All right. on what's going. I, I appreciate the fact that you actually did this as a slideshow. What do you mean? It's, it's a lot of effort on your part. I'm just I'm actually I'm, I'm giving you props. Thank you. Hey, Ron, what's going on? This is going to be this is potential to be a new bit. We're going to see right. how it goes. I'm going to ask Ron about the week that just took place um, and play along at home. There's going to be 11 questions. Let's see how well Ron does. Um, so this is all about current events that all, all of this took place in the last week. Ron, he brags about being better than everyone else, but let's see whether he knows more than you do. Play along. 
Very first question. We need to lose this banner now. Uh, Boom. There we go. We lost it. I got it, Ron. Don't worry about it. This past week, Donald Trump won the Iowa caucuses on Monday with a dominant 51% of the vote. According to the current results, how many of the state's 99 counties did he win? Was it 23, 45, 77, or 98? Ron? Yes. How many um, counties did Donald Trump win in Iowa? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess and say uh, three. He won 77. You want you think he won 77? Absolutely incorrect. Donald Trump won all but one county in Iowa. Ron, do you understand the concept of a caucus? I well, I understand the the concept of a caucus. I don't understand the validity of a voting process where you write down on a slip of paper, crumple it up, and throw it into like a garbage bag to be collected and counted. It's very interesting. I don't understand caucuses whatsoever, but I do understand a man uh, and a party who are so obsessed over um, the vote stealings that can happen when you're dealing with, um, you know, uh, election systems that are not airtight, but they trust um, a popcorn bucket being passed around <laughs> a, um, you know, an American Legion uh, 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 dining hall. And yeah. somehow that is going to be um, a safe way to vote. Let's go to question number two. Ron, you're over right. one. Which Republican presidential candidate finished fourth in the Iowa caucuses and subsequently dropped out of the race? Was it one, Ryan Binkley? Was it two, Chris Christie? Three, Asa Hutchinson? Or four, Vivek Ramaswamy? I'm going to go four, Vivek Ramaswamy. You are absolutely correct, Ron. Vivek Ramaswamy, the self-funded biotech entrepreneur who then endorsed Donald Trump immediately. Piece of garbage. Um, so it, you are correct. You are one for one. How, does, how are you feeling right now? I mean, so far, so good. Uh, better than, than I thought I'd be doing up to this point. Number three, and this one I think we, we touched on earlier. Donald Trump yeah. spent part of his week in a New York courtroom taking part in a trial to determine his penalty for defaming who? Preet Bharara, Bar, Barara, Barara, Mark Burnett, E. Jean Carroll, or Mark Cuban? As I may have just mentioned, three E. Jean Carroll. You are correct. Two out of three so far, Ron. Uh, no, let's go to number four. The U.S. Britain, uh, the U.S. and Britain recently launched strikes on military sites in Yemen, with officials said they were in retaliation for the Houthi. Malicious attacks on ships in the Red Sea. What does the militia say it wants? To divert ships to Yemen? To end Israel's siege in Gaza? To expand Yemen's civil war? Or to loot ships that carry weapons? I believe that is two to end Israel's siege in Gaza. Bing, 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 bing. You are correct, Ron. You are now on a roll. You got the first one wrong. You got the next three right. This is impressive. Ron, Iran fired missiles this week on nearby countries after a terrorist attack killed dozens within its borders. Which three of the following countries did Iran hit? So here, people, this is what I'm trying to say. In case you were worried about the state of world affairs right now, Iran launched missiles into three countries this week. And nobody cares. Nobody's getting <laughs> bricks over this. Fucking Iran launching missiles into other countries. This should cause you to clench your sphincter at like literally 10 out of 10. Was it Iraq, Pakistan, Yemen, and Syria? Which is the countries that got struck by Iran this week? 
I'm going to say it is everyone with the exception of Pakistan. And the answer is boom, oh. Iraq, Pakistan, and Syria. Ron, we're going to give you partial credit on that one because you did get two out of three. We're going to go to number six. Taiwan recently picked a new president in an election shaped in part by the island's relationship with China. Ron, who won that election? Aren't you going to read the four choices, Brian? You want me to read the four choices? Yes. I would, it, it I would, would love be that. Hu Yi Yi. It would be Ko Wen Would it be Lai Xing Te? Or would it be Sai Ing Wen? Uh, I'm going to go three Lai Xing Te. Very impressive, Ron. That is absolutely correct. Lai Xing Te of the Democratic Progressive Party, who pledged to defend Taiwan's identity. Well done, my friend. Well done. Let's go to question number seven. At, at the Emmys this week, who won the Best Actress in a Comedy Award for her work on the sitcom Abbott Elementary? Was it Quinta Brunson? Was it Ayo Edaberry? Was it Aubrey Plaza? Or was it Bella Ramsey? Uh, that would be one, Quinta Brunson. Quinta Brunson, you are correct. Ron, you are killing this. Um, I'm fire. Number eight, China released new population data this week. It showed that the number of births in the country has fallen for seven straight years, despite the end of which policy in 2015? Was it a ban on surrogacy? Was it a policy limiting families to one child, a ban on abortions after six weeks, or was it a strict ban on immigration? Hmm. I think two, a policy limiting families to one child. Ron, you know this world, and it's absolutely amazing. Question number nine. A federal judge on Tuesday blocked a proposed $3.8 billion merger between these two companies. Was it Amazon and Hulu? Was it Comcast and Mint Mobile? Was it Ford and Rivian Motors? Or was it JetBlue and Spirit Airways? Brian, it was JetBlue and Spirit Airlines. Come on, give me a tough one. You are, you are absolutely fucking correct on that one. Bobby. A Portuguese Rafiero de Alentejo was named as the world's oldest dog last year, but his title was put on hold this week amid widespread doubts. How old did Bobby's owners claim him to be? 29, uh, 31, 35, 41. What, uh, what kind of dog was that again? That is a Portuguese Rafiero do Alentejo. I'm going to say uh, they said that he was three, 35 years old. He was actually ah. 31. Hold on. I see some uh, a line in the comments that they are looking for me to pronounce again the members of the Taiwanese election. That would be Hu Yui. That would be Ko Wen Zhe. That would be Lai Xing Tei. And that would be Sai Ing Wen. Thank you, everyone. So, Ron, you got that question wrong. Bobi, who is a Portuguese, Rafiero do Alentejo is actually 31 years old. You got that one wrong, buddy. Very disappointed. I However, I like to see Chris Saletti getting it correct. Number 11, last but not least, on Wednesday, the Supreme Court heard arguments on whether to overturn a key legal precedent, one of the most cited in American law. What is that precedent called? Is it the Shell Equation? Is it Chevron deference? Is it mobile balancing? Or is it SO compliance? Complacence. Complacence. You know, I am 51 years old and I had no idea that's how you spelled complacence. I'm going to go for SO complacence. 
you're going to go SO complacent and I'm going to go SO the F out of here because Ron, the answer is the Chevron deference. You're going to be like, what's Chevron deference? It says that judges must defer to government agencies' interpretations of ambiguous statutes. Discarding it could threaten government agencies' power to regulate the environment, healthcare, and customer safety, among many other areas. How'd you do, Ron? I think I did, what, 7 out of 11? You did about there. I would say you did very well. How did (laughs) Ron do? Boom. Thank you for playing, Ron. And more importantly, thank you for following current events. Well, I like that. I had fun with that. Very nice. Very well done, Brian. Kudos. Would you, to you. like to start doing that every week? We could. Um, I don't know if about it every week, but I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's something to, to catch up on every now and then. Make sure maybe next time I'll give you the quiz. Make sure you're keeping up on current events. Now, I, I have a question. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, what was wrong with the presentation, Janelle? I like to hear yeah, that she said, one. I know I, she I said that her OCD hates the presentation. Well, I will say one thing that was annoying for uh, when you had Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, his mm-hmm. name went outside the little preformed box that all oh. the other answers were inside. Oh, so, Ron, that, so if that was the situation, Ron, so I telling me 100% that people, agree with Chanel on that. Rod, you're saying that people who come from other countries where their names are longer than your typical American last name of Smith jones whatnot you're telling me that we should just cut off letters we should just disrespect their cultural heritage and just embrace you know a five six letter last name is that what you're saying because that's what that's what what i'm I'm hearing well what what i'm saying is like take the 10 seconds to adjust the font setting so that the layout looks correct fuck you Uh, Billy, uh, bringing up a good point. Uh, Actually, you could have possibly used smaller font. Allie, also, you could just learn to justify text. But I thought you did great. But yes, I could could certainly understand where that came from. Brian, let's talk about our stories of the week before we get uh, too far into this episode. We have stories that we uh, we always like to make sure that we uh, we don't miss that we get on sure. the air for for you folks. Brian, what is your story of the week this week? Ron, I'm gonna ask you politely to pull up a photo of Elliot Binney. There we go. Elliot Binney, 41 years old. This man is from Oklahoma. You're going to look at this photo and say, oh, geez, that sure looks like he's wearing some type of government issued garb. Maybe that is something that a Department of Corrections would issue people so that, you know, if he were to be out on the streets amongst the general public, people might be easier to spot him. But unfortunately, that bright neon orange is not necessary because the man's um, face gives away that he has been in some type of traumatic experience very recently with a busted nose, busted lip, and two black eyes. But before you feel bad for Elliot Binney, I would like to point out that this is what this man did last Thursday at 9.20 p.m. Elliot Binney, an Oklahoma man with a history of leaving the scene of vehicle accidents, so he's done this before. He's got a history. That's always good. It's a history. And you know the New York Post would never lie about this. Has been arrested for allegedly fleeing the car wreck 
that killed his 16-year-old daughter and injured other members of the family. Elliot, who appears with two black eyes and other facial bruises in the Meg shot that happened several hours after the rollover crash. Officers responded to a single wreck in Bixby, Oklahoma, around 9.20 local time last Thursday. Benny's teen daughter, Shelby, was thrown from the vehicle and later pronounced dead at the hospital. She had not been wearing her seatbelt at the time of the crash. People, wear your seatbelts when you get in a car. Three of her family members, including one adult and two elementary school-aged children, were also hospitalized following the crash, which sounds tragic in itself. However, the very fact that Benny was found 50 miles away from the scene in Chicota, Oklahoma, on Friday morning. Apparently, witnesses saw him driving 70 hours, 70 miles per hour in another vehicle um, in no passing zones moments after the accident. Um, let's just say that this guy is Ron's listener of the week. Ron, once a week, you get to pick one hero. Um, out there. I found this a controversial pick. I did not think that this man deserved the honor of being your listener of the week. However, as 49% owner of the podcast, I allow you um, to have some say in what's going on compared to my 51. Ron, you picked him as your um, listener. I don't recall that, but all right, whatever, whatever. So therefore, therefore, Benny gets his photo on the show. Um, controversial pick, Ron. I, I wouldn't have gone that route. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know, Brian. I will, I will, as always, try to learn from you. Ron? Yes. What's your story of the week? So my story of the week, Brian, it involves uh, these three police officers here. Uh, this is Timothy Rankin. Matthew Collins and Christopher Burbank, uh, they were involved in the 2020 death of Manuel Ellis. Uh, he was a black man in Seattle, Washington, uh, who was shocked, beaten, and restrained face down on a sidewalk as he pleaded for breath. Um, they were, uh, the, these were gentlemen were charged with that death. Uh, Rankine was charged with manslaughter. Collins and Burbank were charged with manslaughter and second degree murder. They were uh, acquitted uh, this past December following a trial. This lasted more than two months. And now, Brian, each of them will receive $500,000 to leave the Tacoma Police Department. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I, I went to go get a beer halfway through. So these guys um, restrained, tased an African-American male and they're getting paid half a million dollars each. So they what? Uh, they uh, the city released copies of the voluntary separation agreements with the officers Tuesday. Um, as police chief Avery Moore announced findings that none violated the use of force policy um, in effect on uh, March 3rd, 2020, when the incident happened. Uh, kind of uh, disgusting. Now, important to note that use of force policy has since been updated because of this very incident. Mm -hmm. uh, good question, Ali. Wow. Uh, which one of these is Brian's listener of the week? Uh, he named all of them. Um, as his listener of the week, you know, Brian loves, uh, loves police officers. He is, uh, he, uh, he, he cozies up to authority. I, I don't know what else to say. Listen, yeah, this is, don't this call is, me a, don't call me a bootlicker, but I back the blue. Right now, uh, 
Also keep in mind, Brian, that these officers had already been paid about one and a half million dollars total while being on leave for nearly four years um, while this situation wove its way through the courts. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So I don't even have words. So um, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Seattle has announced that it is reviewing the case. Um, the Justice Department can bring prosecutions for federal civil rights violations, uh, but the scope of the review uh, was not disclosed. Just Unbelievable. Trash, right? Just a trashy story. Uh, question. What for state you. did this happen in again? Uh, it was in Washington, in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. All right. Okay. God damn, that's depressing. Um, Brian, mm-hmm. what are you watching? Ooh, Okay. I'm late to the game on this. Okay. Fargo on Hulu. Um, it's, they've been, it, it, apparently it started a couple months ago. Uh, this is season five of Fargo. My understanding of it is that each season is completely um, uh, different than the previous one. Could be wrong on that. I, I watched some of season one, gave up. Um, they're up to season five now. Uh, I saw uh, qu- quite a few people. Uh, that I, whose opinion I value, talking about how great season five was. I saw that John Hamm and Jennifer Jason Lee are the two big names in it. Um, also, um, it also, I'm sorry, just slightly distracted by this comment because I had no <laughs> idea how this, how does this man see my um, internet browser history? That's what I don't understand. Like I change my password every week and yet he somehow knows exactly what I'm watching. Um, but Fargo, it also has the uh, uh, the woman that was on Ted Lasso, who played, who was the trashy um, uh, PR woman. Don't know her name. Um, Allie's going to sit there and tell me that that makes me a misogynist because I didn't look up and memorize her name. I'm sorry, but she, she's a great actress um, and she's doing an amazing job. Uh, highly recommend season five. I'm about seven or eight episodes into it. I think there's one um, episode that hasn't been released yet. So um, they're doing one at a time. Uh, That is a strong recommendation. Also went back into the archives on ESPN and I started watching the captain, which I think is about a six six or seven uh, uh, part documentary on the career of Derek Jeter. I'll be honest with you. I was sitting on my uh, at my TV on Friday night, flipping channels, looking for something. I said, "You know what? There's, there's. I, I'm not really in the mood for sports, but you know, maybe a good sports documentary. I always liked the ESPN 30 for 30 series, which now I think they're up to like you know 98 of them. But uh, I saw the captain. I put it on. It's kind of a fluff piece. You're not, you know, there's there there there. You know, he does. There's a lot of interviews with him. I imagine he had some kind of editorial approval um, to the content of it. But, you know, they got a lot of people to be interviewed talking about, the you know, his rise through the minor leagues, um, the Yankees first couple of years. You know, this is just an amazing statistic is that in his first five years as a Yankee, um, they won the World Series four times. Mm. Like if you can imagine being spoiled, right. um, it's it's similar. It almost, in all honesty, it's similar to your run back in the um, 1990s when you were champion of the podcast eight years in a row, um, it got to the point where, you know, it, we, we never thought that another person was going to come right. by and it was just a the, foregone the conclusion. belt from you. 
Absolutely. Ron is just going to have it again. Um, kind of like when uh, uh, Vladimir Putin goes up for an election in Russia. We just knew it was, it was, it was going to go one way. Um, but I started watching, I, I think, about three or four episodes into it. Uh, as somebody who is a diehard Yankee fan and was watching the Yankees during those years, it's so great to watch the highlights from, you know, the 97 season, the 98, 99, uh, just some, some amazing years as a Yankees fan. All right, very And nice. that is what I've been watching. Ron. Yes. What are you watching? Um, so I watched well, I watched a couple of movies this week. Uh releases have been out for a few years. One was uh Mr. Harrigan's phone, uh, with Donald Sutherland, uh, based off of a Stephen King short story that I wasn't familiar with. Uh it's about this kid who befriends an elderly billionaire. Uh, and when the billionaire dies, he, uh, he he gives the guy a mobile phone and that to be buried with and apparently can communicate with him uh, beyond the grave to take revenge on people. It was all right. It was watchable. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. Um, then I watched How It Ends, which uh, was from 2018. It was you know one of these apocalyptic type movies with Forrest Whitaker, uh, where a guy is dating Forrest Whitaker's daughter, and they're in Chicago, and some sort of event happens on the West Coast where the daughter's living, and they have to try and drive across the country to get there. Um, it was okay. I, the ending was very disappointing. Um, it was like two hours. The last 15 minutes kind of ruined the, the hour and 45 before it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I watched two docuseries on Netflix. Uh, one was You Are What You Eat. Um, Oof, so this yeah, was this. a uh, nutritional experiment where they took sets of twins <clears throat> and they, uh, they, they had them. One would follow an omnivore diet and the other twin would follow a vegan diet for, I think, eight weeks. Um, and then they would they mm -hmm. would you know do all these medical tests before and then do all the medical tests after and see how it impacted you know weight um, sexual ability uh, cholesterol things of that nature but in between kind of watching the um, the experiments and talking with the twins like it really took a deep dive into uh, food processing in the United yeah. States and how for lack of a better word, disgusting it is. Like how yeah. the, the system is so broken and that the majority of, you know, the 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 food that comes into our, our supermarkets now is like bad for us. Like- Yeah, of course. Can kill us. But it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it, it is amazing how the American government in the, in the, in the, the race for corporate profits and understanding that corporations need to exist and um, be unhindered in their ability to do things, um, you know, profitably. Um, it's amazing how the quality of food in America has just suffered in comparison to other countries. You look at, yeah. you know, uh, the, the very fact that American meat is banned in, in multiple countries outside where they will not import American beef because um, it is so popped up on antibiotics and steroids and whatnot that other countries are like, we wouldn't even feed this shit to our, um, our families. Yet we here in America are patting ourselves on back on, you know, USDA, grade A, mm. um, you know, it's the, the fruit, you know, we make an apple that can sit in a, in a refrigerated freezer for, you know, um, 
uh, eight months before uh, going to your supermarket. You know, and that's not even talking about the processed foods. Right. You know, you look at um, you look at something like a like a Nutella. I don't like Nutella. Not the point. But you look at like a Nutella, where you look at the ingredients of the American Nutella, and it's got like eighty five different ingredients. 78 of them you cannot pronounce because there's 14 different uh, syllables. Um, then you look at Nutella overseas and it's like seven ingredients and they're all right. natural ingredients. Like it's, it's scary. So it really, you know, it's the, you know, it, it, it tells people like you should really be trying to eat less meat in your diet and go to mm -hmm. more, you know, plant-based proteins and things of that nature. And when you look at how disgusting some of these, uh, you know, slaughterhouses and chicken farms and everything else are, it, you kind of have to, I mean, we're, we're considering trying to work some of the, the, the processed meat out of our, out of our diet. So I'll let, I'll let you know how that goes. Brian. Um, so but, how is it? So hold on. So how are yeah. you, um, so you and you and the wife are changing your diet because of this? We're going to, we're going to, we, after watching it, we said, you know, we should probably change our diet a bit. Really? Yeah. So I'll let you know how All it right. goes. Okay. Um, okay. And then also watched a crazy docuseries called American Nightmare. Um, it was the story of this couple, Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins. And so basically what happens is this, this Aaron Quinn calls the police, says, these people broke into my house last night. They, they tied us up. They drugged both of us. Because they were like, and they kidnapped my girlfriend. Okay. And she had been gone for like 12 hours at that point. And the cops were like, well, why, why did you wait so long to call this in? Well, because, you know, the, they, they said they, they installed a camera in my house. They said they were going to be watching me. Um, they said they were going to ask for a ransom. Cops mm -hmm. clearly don't believe this. Um, but then like 48 hours later... Like Denise Huskin shows up at her dad's house, like 400 miles away. This is out in California. Mm -hmm. So now all the attention turns to her, and the police are like, "Was this a fake kidnapping?" What she, you know, he, she had found out that you know Aaron was in communication with his ex fiance, and and you know, was this just a way for her to get back at him? So the police yeah. literally come out and say, "This is a hoax. She's a liar. She's a horrible person. Everything else." Come to find out there was a serial kidnapper out there. Like the entire story was true. And it took like another police department because the, the police department in the area where they lived was so focused on mm -hmm. these two kids being wrong. These two kids doing jail time that they never bothered to actually see if anything was correct in their story. And so right. this other police officer, she found out she's like, you know, she ended up and they managed to and, and it was in the and it was because this guy tried to kidnap another person like this. This mm -hmm. father had to fight this guy off because he was trying to kidnap her daughter, all because the original police didn't bother looking into it because they were so convinced wow. that these two were lying. So it is it, it's an incredible again, it's an incredible indictment on law enforcement, um, mm -hmm. not just on the local level but the fbi was involved and then you find out later on that the 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 lead agent from the fbi in charge was friends with aaron's ex-fiance never revealed that he had this incredible conflict of interest while working no really? so yeah so i would that's one i would recommend it was it was very interesting um check it out brian 
I tell you we'll to check do. it out, you don't check it out, and that's 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 on you. If you listen, I, I put it on my list of things to watch. Um, okay. I do have that list, you know, somewhere on that list is a show called Brock Meyer, which I don't even, re- I don't even remember yeah. um, putting it on there. Um, I think that wasn't that the documentary about Obama running for the second uh, term. Wasn't that the Brock Meyer uh, documentary? Um, but no, it, that, I, it, hmm. I thought, hmm. I thought Brock Meyer um wasn't that the show with the kid who's got the entourage that follows him around jeremy pivens in it he yells at people a lot wasn't that like it's the one with the entourage isn't that brock meyer see i thought brock meyer was the one where it's the um wealthy white man who um adopts two young um african-american boys moves them into his house with his maid and his teenage daughter. Hmm. Um, and he basically, you know, to show the world that, you know, um, racism has no place. But, you know, um, it was I thought that was Brock Meyer. Well, I guess, you know, we'll need to we'll need to Google that. Uh, maybe we'll have uh, we'll have Matt. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember it. Brian, you love yeah. this story from the smoking gun. Um, so I'm I'm gonna let you tell this story that involves two very addictive things: drugs and fried pickles. Listen, Ron, we know that you love fried pickles. We know that you are all about fried pickles. Every now and then, I like to go to the Smoking Gun. Used to be one of my um, uh, favorite websites. It was a go-to. Um, it now, really was at one. Oh, hundred percent. Like it was, it was TMZ before TMZ was TMZ. Hundred percent. You would. It had basically every um, court document um, that was of interest. However, um, the good people over at the Smoking Gun have brought to our attention the great story of Justin Carpenter. Justin Carpenter loves his fried pickles. So on. Um, I forgot what day it was, late late Sunday. So that would have been January 6th. Um, Justin Carpenter pull up to a Lawrence, Indiana Buffalo Wild Wings around midnight looking for food. Um, in, an id, in an ill-advised bid to get the kitchen reopened, Carpenter proposed a barter to exchange with Buffalo Wild Wing employees, two of whom were minors. Um, allegedly, he offered drugs to them in exchange for an order of fried pickles. Carpenter, who at the moment was wearing an ankle monitor as a result of a prior drug arrest, offered marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and vape cartridges containing THC to the workers who were interviewed by police. Apparently, Carpenter, who was accompanied by a male friend, said to the employees, if you make us some fried pickles... I'll make it worth it, Ron. Let me ask you a question. Yes. What would you be get? What would you be willing to trade for an order of fried pickles from Buffalo Wild Wings? And obviously, we're not going to include your offer of your of access inside of your rectum. <laughs> I would probably exchange cash for those fried pickles, Brian. If I were to do anything. And here I was thinking that you hated fried pickles. 
I, yeah, I'm not a fan of fried pickles. Uh, I mean, there are there are good items on the uh, the B Dub menu. I would not say their fried pickles are. I'm just shocked that this man managed to find the one Buffalo Wild Wings in the country where all of the employees are not on drugs. Like, sure. I, I've been in many Buffalo Wild Wings, and I, I would, if you were to ask me, hey, at this Buffalo Wild Wings, do you think the employees would trade drugs for product? I'd be like, 100%. 100%. Two questions, Ron. One, you're yeah. at Buffalo Wild Wings. What is yeah. your go to wing sauce? Um, I would, I go medium. I don't like, uh, I don't like too much spice. They're, they're spicy. They go with their hotter sauces. They go more for just shock factor than flavor. Sure. Sure. What Second question. What would I go? Um, I'd probably also go medium. Um, right. I like spice, but I, I'm, I also, um, I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, let's see how much you can sweat. Um, right type of oh the last question i, I had for you before you insult me before you insult me i'm just going to keep rolling because i know you're going to insult me and we don't need to hear that nobody right. need, there's too many people right now that want to hear you insult you know what ron let's do it bring it on bring it no, on what i was gonna say? say for someone who doesn't like to sweat you sure do it a hell of a lot oh my god i love eating spicy foods but my body yeah. does not appreciate it i sweat <laughs> like a little bitch But also, I think I sweat like anytime I I exert myself physically in any way. So it's not just the spicy food. Here's a real question, Ron. You have one option. Do you go to Buffalo Wild Wings or do you go to Hooters for their wings? Where are you headed? Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. How come? Um, Not that the food quality is great at Buffalo Wild Wings, but it is better than Hooters. And Hooters, well, the wings are, are they still breaded? Like I, that was always the thing with Hooters, like the, the breading on the wings. Not a fan. I don't, I don't want breaded wings. I had these. Sorry, Ron. Watches. When I go to, when I go to Hooters, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing <laughs> on the breasts and not the wings. I had the, these honey Sriracha wings last night that you would have broken Ooh. a sweat over. Honey Sriracha. Why would you do that? First well, off, tr- I don't like tr- Sriracha. Okay. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of sriracha straight, but you mixed up. My choices were, they only had two options. It was honey sriracha right. or uh, barbecue. And I was like, eh, barbecue seems yeah. kind of mid. Let me go honey sure. sriracha. And it had a nice sure. kick sure. to it. I make a very nice uh, honey sriracha noodle uh, dish here with some chicken in it. So Now, can- having watched having watched You Are What You Eat, how is that going to affect that that meal? Um, maybe substitute the chicken for a uh, a plant based chicken. Maybe some seitan. Have you started to go for um, plant based food? Did you did you make um, any purchases this week? I, I picked up some um, this weekend, so uh, we're going to try some uh, some this week, and maybe I'll rate them next week. Uh, this is a, this is an interesting. I've always kind of thought this: we should have a hot wings eating competition between Ron and Brian. I've always thought about doing like a hot ones kind of competition on the show one week to see. You know, oh. the, varying, the varying levels of heat and where we would tap out. I would I, w- I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. And the All thing right. is this, and this is this is the thing where it gets tricky for me, is that I have a very um, sensitive uh, digestive system. Right. Where I may go to the bathroom like twice, three times in a day and not go again for like five, six days. So when I eat something, oh, yeah, I don't know. I've always that been like this. very I, unhealthy. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, Ron. I, know, I, I don't think you're kidding me. That's why I'm saying that doesn't sound healthy. 
I did a number two last Sunday. I did not go again until Friday. I've gone That's- to the bathroom Friday, Saturday, and today. But like between Monday through Thursday, not only did I have zero des- um, uh, physical desire to um, uh, uh, defecate, but I also did, this is the part that was concerning and people at work were concerned about it, was that I did not have the physical urge or any um, uh, any level of discomfort. Like I, everything was just compacting in there and I was just like perfectly fine with it. But what's, what's but it, when I eat spicy foods, what's interesting to me is when it's being expelled like three, four days later, I'll sit there on the ball and be like, oh, why is that burning? And then I'll be like, Oh yeah, I had that ramen like four days ago. Like, because I haven't had anything spicy. So yeah, but I would happily do some kind of spice challenge with you. Because the thing is this, and you know, you you and our our respective misses, they can attest to the fact that you and I have at the same time sat down and had the same level of heat, which barely affected you physically <laughs> in any way. Right. And I I sweat I sweat right through my shirt. It was embarrassing. So I'm I'm fascinated by this bowel movement thing. So I, I, I we need to stay on this for just a moment. On average, <laughs> good good point by Allie. I think your coworkers are concerned that the HR guy. Allie, see, Allie's forget Allie's forgetting that I work in HR. So like she, I, I work in construction. That's so true. like. Me talking about the frequency of my bowel moves is probably the least offensive thing that those people have heard. So on average, how many cups of coffee do you have in a day? Three. Okay. So you I'll can have, have two at home. Right. I'll have one at work. So you're on average three cups of coffee a day, and you can yes. still go four to five days uh, yes. without a bowel movement. Eating solid meal. It's not like, a, it's not like I'm skipping meals. I'm having a salad for lunch. Um, you're having roughage at work. Yes, you're having and roughage, then, uh, and you're having spicy ramen, and you're you're yes. drinking coffee. I, Correct. Have you have you mentioned this to your doctor? Absolutely. And their answer to me was, if you're not feeling discomfort as a result of this, and you've always been like this, then I would not be concerned. I. That's uh, I mean, I got to go with Billy here. Uh, almost every morning, like clockwork, I get up. I wish I have that. I have that first cup of coffee. I wish and I wish knocks it out right before my shower for the day. Sure, sure. Here, JoJo says JoJo's asking me what my last colonoscopy was. Never had one. Never had Wait, one. You've you've never had a colonoscopy. And I your had a physical after fifty. Have, your doctor has not said to you, you need to have yeah. a colonoscopy. Brian, they no. even moved the age down from 50 to 45. I know. I know. I've never had a colonoscopy. Brian, have but a I, colonoscopy. But, okay. So what do you do? You go in there and you just request one? You just be like, hey, listen, I need a physical. And while and Call listen, your doctor. JoJo's saying, JoJo's calling me an ass because I'm not caring about my ass, apparently. Boom. Right. Roasted. This right. is what you do. Call because you probably have to do this for insurance purposes. Call your doctor's office and say, I need to get a prescription uh, for a colonoscopy. I'm 50, you're 51 now? Sure, yes. Say, I'm a 51-year-old man. I've never had a colonoscopy. Please get me a, 
please get me a, a prescription so that I can get a colonoscopy. I'm going to tell you a story sure. real quick. A friend of mine, she's 59 years old. She had gotten a new job. Job required her to have like a full battery of, of health tests to qualify for the life insurance policy that went along with the job. She had a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. They found polyps in her colon. She was dead of cancer three years later. Mm. Had she had had that colonoscopy at 50, when they tell you to start, she would be alive today. All right. You know what? You've convinced me this week. I will um, start the process for a colonoscopy. I will um, schedule my physical. And as part of that, I will not walk out without a referral for a colonoscopy. Right. And when you, when, you, when you schedule your colonoscopy, get it done in the morning. Why? Because, number one, you can't eat for a certain period of time leading up to the colonoscopy. Okay. So if you can be asleep for a good period of that time, like rather than mm -hmm. having to be up all day till like two, three o'clock, because you can't have coffee. Um, you can have water. You can have a little bit of broth the day before. Like the prep work sure. is as bad as they say it is. Um, but so, and try and do it like, um, I did mine on a Monday morning and it was probably the best thing I did because that Sunday night I could just knock out everything that was in my system. Like I was pooping out but buttons that I had swallowed in the second grade. Like that's how... <laughs> That's how, that's how thorough it cleaned my system out. But did it affect the podcast? Should I schedule it for a Monday morning so this way during the podcast we could go through my prep uh, yeah. uh, process? Uh, yep. And, uh, and show. it's all about content, people. It's all about content. And I completely understand now why Michael Jackson got hooked on Prohypnol because that's what they used to put me out for my, uh, my colonoscopy. Oh. And it just... I had boom. that. Yeah. I had... I had uh, uh, no, it was propofol. Let's pronounce it properly, Ron. Oh, sorry, I had propofol um, when I was doing um, uh, one of my uh, eye surgeries. That was a propofol. Yeah, I, I, I when I was having my uh, cataracts, they gave me propofol, and I remember as I was in the operating room, they were strapping me down, and I was just, and I just, you know, because you know me, I like to talk to strangers. It's, yeah, it's one of those conversations. It's what you do. It's one of those low stakes environments where your odds are you're never seeing this person again. So it's just like say whatever you want to say. Um, you're never there's no consequences. Yeah. So I literally was just like, so what are you guys going to give me? And they're like, oh, we're going to you know propofol is you know. The, and I was like, isn't that what killed Michael Jackson? And the operating room just got immediately silent. <laughs> Everybody just stopped talking. And I, I let a couple beats go by because I knew for a fucking fact that's exactly what killed Michael Jackson. <laughs> so as soon as they were like, yes, they, they were just like, hey, we're going to give you propofol. A couple beats of silence. And I was just like, well, try not to kill me. I'd really, that would not be fun right now. And they were like, no, no, we're going to be, and then. Yeah. Out cold. Like you can feel that, that like icy feel as it like goes right up your, and then. You're asleep by the time it hits here. Well, I like remember feel it enter here. Yeah, you're asleep. Like they're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna administer it now. And so it it was cold and it felt metallic. Like it yes, was yes yes yes. There was a level of discomfort, and I remember thinking to myself because it was getting more uncomfortable. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, I wonder at what point I should mention. And then <laughs> done. I'm waking yes. up. I'm waking up in the recovery room like, hey, they were like, they were like, you took the whole fist like a champ. I was like, wow. 
Thank you, Doc. I felt like Robert Patrick in Terminator 2. Is that thing just sort of crawling up? I was just like, yeah, I'm looking uh, for the boy. Oh, that works. That works. Um, yeah. yeah, so I will do that this week. Uh, all right, people, all right. you've convinced me. Good, good. You've convinced me. Um, well, while Brian's doing that, why don't the rest of you commit to joining our Patreon if you haven't done it already? Um, we are going to have our After Dark episode in about 22 minutes at the bottom of the hour here. It is exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers, which you can be if you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner where it says become a patron. Join at the $10 a month level or higher. Not only do you qualify for great swag, uh, but you get live access to our After Dark every Sunday night at 9.30. And next Sunday night, we do it the last Sunday of every month. It's going to be our pajama party time. It's when we ask our subscribers to come on the air with us. Um, and it's just a good time. It's just a party. And it's something that if you're not doing you need to be doing. Absolutely. It's a great way. Um, a lot of people reach out and say, listen, I love watching the show. How can I help out? Um, and it's just, it is, uh, you know, uh, for as little as, you know, for $5 a month, think about that. There's 30 days in a month on average. You're literally talking pennies a day. You get the audio version. There's stuff that we talk about that we do not want out there for the general public. That stuff we say for After Dark, if you think I'm willing to talk about my pooping habits on this show, <laughs> just imagine what we're saving behind the paywall over at Patreon. For $10 a month, you get a link every Sunday, sometimes at 8.55, sometimes you know it's going to go out at 4.30 in the afternoon. But you get a link that allows you to watch live, just like you're doing right now. Um, you can watch live our After Dark content. It is um, a just, it, listen, it's a small way to sit there and say, thank you guys for entertaining me. How can I help out? You know, how can I show my appreciation properly? There you go. Well, I, this was an amazing episode. I did not anticipate us talking about your bowel movements or your colon, uh, but I'm glad that we did. I think we've we've done some great work here and we've uh, we've really set some groundwork for you to be the best you that you can be, Brian. Listen, and at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? That's what I think. Anything else, Brian, before we wrap up this amazing episode no. of 288? I think, we're, I think we're good right now. All right. Thank you all for joining us, Patreon folks. We will see you shortly. Everyone else, we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube facebook and twitch you can find prior episodes links to our social media and everything else ron and brian at ron and brian see you again next week the 